Freaks. This is Chris from Retro Life for You Podcast. I just want to take a moment of my time here to go over with you a partnership we've done recently with 80stees.com. It's a place online you can go to to purchase t-shirts for your everyday wear that represents a lot of the stuff you love from your childhood growing up that you still love today. They've got t-shirts that cover movies, cartoons, music, superheroes, 80s television, fantasy, wrestling, retail brands, video games, horror movies. They've even branched out a bit to cover some 90s movies as well. Because let's face it, 80s wasn't the only decade out there. The 90s had some good stuff too. Don't tell anybody I said that though. Right now though, if you're wanting to purchase a t-shirt from 80stees.com and you're just not sure if you want to go ahead and do it, we're offering 30% off of 80stees.com with our discount code RETROLIFE. Once again, Retro Life, R E T R O L I F E. When you get to the end of your purchase, put that code in. They will give you 30% off your total order and you'll be ready to go. Make sure you tell them that Chris and Travis from Retro Life for You sent you. Yeah, all right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Retro Life for You. We're going to do something different this week than what we've been doing. We've been doing some uh, just some fun shows where we discuss maybe our top fives or top tens and something. This mm-hmm. week we're going with an interview. And, and what uh, an interview it is. Oh my God. I'm yeah. so excited. I, I don't want to give this. anything. I don't want to give anything away, you know. But, <laughs> you know I, I don't want I don't want to give too much away. But this week we're talking with Catherine Mary Stewart. Uh, a lot of great movies through the 80s, a lot of TV time and everything. Uh, a lot of oh, of course, my favorite movie you've all heard me talk about plenty of times. One of my favorite movies, The Last Starfighter. I, I probably put it what Travis in once every two weeks if I can. I gotta yeah, find, I, a, can, I, find yeah. a, I find a way to get it in, like big trouble in little China. Yep. But Anyway, uh, we're going to go ahead and bring her on with us now. So, one second, let's bring her on in. There, hello. There hello. we go. Hello. Right. Welcome to the show. Glad to Thank have you, you on with us. I'm glad yeah. to be on. It is. It's backwards, the image. It I'm is. Looking at myself it's going. To right? That, yeah, does, that yeah. We, I went to point at you and I pointed at him. And <laughs> no, we don't have him. No. We don't have him. Here. Not so, yet. Another way. Not another yet. way. No, not yet. I, I don't know how to get a hold of him yet. We'll work on that. <laughs> well, we are so happy and thankful to have you today. Without yeah. a doubt, just, yes. this uh, this further enshrines you in our hearts and minds as as fanboys of the seventies, eighties, and nineties. No <laughs> doubt. Thank you, guys. I appreciate that. Well, Travis, you okay. want to kick things off? Yeah. Um. So I watched a tons of interviews with you and everything, and I noticed okay. I, I, I did. I did. And um. <clears throat> One of the things that I saw that you had alluded to was that early on in your career, you had got into the dance and all that, and it actually got you uh, a role in a movie called The Apple, but I haven't heard you elaborate too much on it. So we were, would love to hear your thoughts on the movie, how you landed the film, and and just like, what was your experience with that movie in particular? Yeah, that well, that was a, a roller coaster ride to say the least. I mean, I I was I was a dancer all through high school and junior high and all that. And when I graduated from high school, I just I decided that I was going to pursue that. So I moved to London and I went to a, a a performing arts school. It really offered acting and singing and dance, primarily dance. Um, and I trained there in London, England. And um, the way I kind of got to this audition for this movie was I um, kind of ran into a couple of uh, friends from my class, my dance class, that were going the opposite way. It was like in the morning and we we're, you know, I was headed to school and they were going the opposite direction. So I asked them where they were going and they said, well, we heard about this dance audition. So we thought we'd you know, try that out. So I thought, you know what, I may as well go along, you know, see what happens. Right. And um, so I followed them. I'd never been to one of these kind of cattle call auditions before. Um, I didn't know anything about it. You know, every most of the people there were sort of prepared. They knew what they were going to. They knew why they were going. I had no knowledge at all, which <laughs> probably worked for me in a way because mm-hmm. um I just didn't have any expectations whatsoever. And uh, as we were doing this, literally cattle call, there must've been 200 people in this big, huge auditorium dancing away. Um, The director kind of pulled me out of the group and, and um, which was bizarre. I was like, okay, what's this about? (laughs) Um, And asked me if I could act. So, you know, along the way through school and this performing arts school, I had 
I had studied some acting and I performed in some plays and things like that. Um, so I said, yes. And he had me read for the lead role of this movie. And I had to sing a song and all this other stuff. And um, I ended up landing the role. Awesome. So yeah, it was bizarre because again, I had zero expectations. So right. I wasn't nervous. I was just like, okay, I'll do that now. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I ended up in this feature film that, um, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen The Apple. I have not. That's I, right. I didn't even know about it. Right. Yeah. Until, I, until well, I was researching and read about it. And I thought that, well, this is interesting. It says, <laughs> it is a, it says it's a, quote, sci-fi musical comedy. Right. And I was right. like, how does, yeah. how does that work together? I'm wondering. Because now, <laughs> yeah. now I, I want to see it. Yeah, now we're going to go back and watch it for sure. <laughs> uh, oh, you, ha you have to see it. It is definitely... Uh, mishmash of genres for yeah. sure. I think I think they call it a comedy because the audience laughs while while it's uh, playing, but I don't think the intention was to be a comedy. <laughs> right? I, I guess it happens like that sometimes. <laughs> it, uh, yes, and you'll see why when you see this movie. It's it's, it's out there, man. It it's it we it, when I was in it, it was like a futuristic rock musical. Oh, nice. And you have to understand at that time, there were tons of kind of bizarre musicals out there. Xanadu, Rocky Horror Picture Show, Rocky Horror Picture Show <laughs> all that kind of stuff. So it was sort of along those lines. And, um, you know, there's a whole history to it as well. It was a canon films, which became sort of this notorious um, production company that mm -hmm. did sequels, like yeah, would do yeah. these big sequels to you name it, Superman, they did a sequel to, they, they, anything that was popular at the time, they would do sort of a, a, a sequel to it. So, but this movie specifically was their very first attempt at getting into the American film market. They were from Israel, uh, Menachem Golan and Yoram Globus, cousins, mm -hmm. had this a very successful uh, directors and producers in um, Israel. But they were they wanted to, you know, make their way into the American film market. And this Apple, the Apple was going to do that for them. So they had very, very high expectations for it. Um, it, it sadly, there was, I feel like there was something kind of lost in the translation in terms of their kind of perspective and maybe an American perspective. Yeah. But for me the experience having never done anything like this before was incredible. I mean, it was, a, it, it, it got me into the industry as mm -hmm. an actor. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the experience itself was incredible. I mean, again, no expectations. I, I you know, I thought- You're just kind of along for the ride to see what happens, yeah? Ab absolutely, that's exactly right. And what a ride it turned into there. <laughs> What a ride. Well, you know, it's amazing how having a credit like that kind of works its magic in Hollywood. You know, mm -hmm. eventually I made it to LA and I had this credit mm -hmm. and I found representation pretty quickly. And I, you know, just was sort of in the, the, I don't know, the Hollywood machine pretty, er, pretty quickly. Tons of meetings like, several meetings a day, auditioning all the time. Um, and I loved it. I loved it. And I thought, I'll, well, we'll see what happens with this. I so, imagine it's a lot easier when, when they say, well, what have you done, kid? You can say, well, hey, I've, I've done this. I've been in this movie. You know, yeah, right? this, it just right. happened, you know. Yeah. That's exactly right. So it's a right. lot easier. It's like your foot's in the door now, and they can't shut it. you got to be more of that's right. And then it's sort of like what you do with that opportunity, you know? Right. And I kind of ran with it. The first thing, I mean, I got it, had a, I did a couple of guest spots in some series, the Night Rider, uh, Night yeah. Rider, for instance, mm -hmm. which right. was fun. Um, but the first like steady job that I had was on Days of Our Lives, the soap opera. Yeah. That, and, uh, that, and that is funny yes. you say that because that's where we were going second with this. I, I'm okay. kind of going in chronological order here, more or less. Um, you go for it. <laughs> and uh, no, uh, you know, being a, a a young kid growing up uh, whose mother loved watching soap operas, you didn't get the television <laughs> until her soap operas were over with. So he may and had to wait, I guess. You know, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's but, right. But Priorities, she, you know. I know, but she did get me to watching with her one summer. I don't 
I don't believe you were on there at this point. I, I can't remember to say for sure they had a season where they had this mysterious boat cruise of some sort they did. I've, the, been, I've been watching with my mom since Calliope and Jean, so. <laughs> yeah. So they, they had, the of course, the main... The main bad guy there, Stefano Demera, right? Uh, oh, right. He's so, been in. He's been the bad guy for yeah. generations. I think. Off and on, he keeps he keeps popping up out of nowhere, right? So they 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 take this uh, this dangerous cruise or something like that, and it's all elaborate yeah. trap by him, right? But anyway, uh, I know you were the original Caleb Brady. That's correct. So uh, That's what right. what what led to you getting there, and you know what happened as far as leaving the show and everything? Um. Yes. Yeah, so. That was just sort of a regular audition I went on, and um, I guess it went well because I got the yeah. job as Kayla. They were they were introducing this new uh, family, the Bradys, mm -hmm. and it was originally it was just me and Roman, and then later on, like well into my, I mean, I was on it for a couple of years, but mm -hmm. early, early on, like I think it was like eighty one, eighty two. Right, and um, I was probably off it by the time you were watching it. <laughs> yeah, were you I, I even you born? Were. Oh, you know, oh, I was. I was born in '73. Now I'm, oh, I'm, I've okay. got. I've got some age on me. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I, I want to say. I, I want to say that it was the other girl, um, Mary Beth Hurt. I think her name is yeah. or something. That was. I yeah. think she was playing it at I the think time. Probably. I think she still is. She. She's is. actually. I looked at just the other day. I was checking this been out on for years. Yeah, I grew she's up actually all of them. Right. Crazy. <laughs> Right, she's actually yeah. still playing the role on there, and that's kind of right. unheard of too. Seeing someone stay for that long of a time mm -hmm. in one role, one position. That's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are a few on that show, Demera, you know, and mm -hmm. the person who plays Marlena. She's been on forever. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> Marlena. Yeah. Yeah. John Hope was on there for forever. Hope was on there forever. I remember when um, Hope came on to the show. It was soon after I was, and she was this, she was this sweet little. Italian girl from the Midwest. She was very soft spoken, so pretty, such a pretty face. And and then, you know, she just took off. It was wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I did that. And I actually auditioned for The Last Starfighter while I was still on Days of Our Lives. Oh, really? Um, yes. Okay. And when I got it, I was kind of doing both both jobs at the same time. They overlapped a little bit, not a lot, but they overlapped a little bit. And um, so that was kind of cool. But what was even better for me was my transition from like the soap opera was pretty smooth into like feature films, you know, yeah. so that I was really, really lucky that way. Um, yeah. yeah. And that, that makes me think of, too, around that same time. Like I said, I, I did some homework and watched some interviews as well, mm -hmm. because, you know, to, of course, to us, it's like, it's Maggie, it's Maggie. But, <laughs> but, but you know, we started looking into other things. Mm -hmm. um, and I saw at the end of an, an, an interview from the mid 80s uh, where they oh, wow. said that you were preparing to fly to Scotland to do a movie with Sean Connery. And I did not find any information about this in any interviews or on Google. What happened in the Highlander? Because I would have loved that. That was and it. Was there truth to that or, or what? Was there that? was there was some truth to that. So I was the original Highlander movie with mm -hmm. Christophe Lambert, which yeah. I was very excited about. He <laughs> right. was pretty darn cute. Um, so while I was living in London, I became a member of British Equity, which is the actors' union there. Okay. And but when I moved to Los Angeles, I I I was very young and I I didn't understand how it all worked, but I didn't keep up with my British Equity dues, so I kind of. I wasn't in the union anymore. And I thought I was when I was cast um, for this role in the Highlander. Um, and they found out that I wasn't anymore because I hadn't kept up with my dues. So um, that's why they, I dropped out. I really? went to London. Yeah. Wow. I went to London. I was fitted for wardrobe. I, it was like legit. I was going to be in this movie and then, they found out that I wasn't a member of British Equity, and and I was out. Oh wow. man! I know I was uh, something else. I was oh, so disappointed. I would be too. I mean, of all the reasons to lose out on one like that, that's really just not a great reason. Yeah. It's not, and it's my <laughs> fault. But I didn't know. I didn't. I right. had a clue. I, mean, I didn't. 
the way the, machine, know, the way the whole mechanism works and everything. You know, just my little brother just got told by one of my friends, "Hey man, your tag is uh, passed. It. How do I pay? Get my registration for my tag? Hey man, mm, <laughs> yeah. so, little forgetful yeah. things." Yeah, you yeah. just don't. You just don't. I was like caught up the whole thing in L.A. and I just sort of. I I I don't know. I just took it for granted. You yeah. know, I just assumed that I. And so I tried to like pay back dues. I tried to figure it all out, but right. it didn't. that's that's oh, what man. I was thinking. Why wouldn't they let you just pick it back up and say, yeah. I'm sorry, it slipped my mind. I've been, I've been making these things called movies. You know? <laughs> right, and on a TV show. I, I would love to busy. be. I'd love to be on there. Can I just pay you what I owe and right. just go from there and be back in, in, in good standing? See, well, I had right. no idea it would work like that either. So we just learned a lot. I know. Well, it also, you know, in that, that time, there was no internet. There was no, I was writing letters, you know, so it was like snail mail. I, and so right. probably something got lost along the, or whatever, but it just, it didn't work. See, we, um, we, we we take that for granted now with the internet and email and everything. Everything, you know, yeah, right now. We, we, we don't stop and think about how much time it used to take if you want to write a friend or a family member and you sent the snail mail letter to them. Yeah, yeah. but the age. beautiful thing about today's age and our our technology is your advocacy for yourself. You know, the way that you're mm -hmm. able to get out on the social platforms and things like that to push yeah. your own career and the things that you're doing in your projects. Yeah, it's incredible that way. Um, yeah, it's been it's been really really interesting. I mean, I've been busier now because of the internet and doing podcasts and things like that that i have ever you know <laughs> so like, i've been in this business since we shot uh the apple in like 1979. you have not stopped you and have you have so, not stopped one bit i don't where you know where you find the energy and if you happen to sell energy let me know because i <laughs> i, I waking up in the mornings i could use it sometimes yeah right. no i under, i hear you you know this it, it, you try to keep that kind of energy up and and constantly sort of putting stuff out there to let everybody know that you're around and you're busy and you're doing things and whatever it is you're doing but there's a lot of downtime too you know <laughs> Um, so, uh, but it, it's, and that's the most challenging time is what do you do during the downtime? Mm -hmm. Um, like for instance, with the, the whole COVID thing, you know, right. everything stopped, but it's funny because at that time I had this, I had started this project co-writing with a, somebody and during COVID, it really gave us a chance to, um, hone the script and really and really work hard on it and define it and all this other stuff and and actually now there's a lot of um, a lot of stuff going on mm -hmm. with this this project that i've been working on for a couple of years now oh well, that's years exciting now. yeah very it's I, very exciting i would imagine it's kind of like too uh, you know a few years back when the screenwriter strike happened you know, mm -hmm. we, we spent this amount of time without anything going, but they were still, they still had their creative juices flowing and still had things going yeah. on behind the scenes. They just yeah. weren't releasing them. So when the yeah. strike was over with, we had this explosion of, of new product coming out and new projects right. and things. It was just You wanted to be prepared for when it was all over. You wanted mm -hmm. to have things ready to go, right? So right, that, right. that's similar. Yeah, it's similar to what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And um, now that everything's relaxing a little bit more, it's like you got to be ready to just... Right go so yeah. it's interesting it's like you know the old the old saying uh, hurry up and wait and <laughs> right right it's uh it, which is so true i mean on the set you sit around you sit around you sit around and then all of a sudden okay you're on go <laughs> you know you have to do, oh. <laughs> so uh it's similar but um yeah it, it's interesting it's it's been a very interesting time heck yeah <laughs> So uh, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Night Rider earlier. You did a little bit piece in that. You've done bit pieces in quite a few things. I noticed mm -hmm. earlier. Um, Nighthawks. Uh, I think you were a just like a sales person behind the counter in the movie That's Nighthawk. Right. Did you get to meet Stallone and Rutger Hauer and uh, talk with them or anything or learn anything from them or or was that just? I did. Uh, um, I did. I mean, the scene that I had. So that's when that was just after I'd done the Apple and I was back in London. And by then I had an agent and I went up for this role, you know, for a Stallone movie. And of course, 
we uh, there was like three of us girls there he probably narrowed it down because it was a very small role um to the three of us and we're all like oh my god it's Sylvester Stallone Rocky <laughs> right, you know, Rocky right. had just come out and we're, we were just like oh my god he's so cute anyway somehow I got the role and um the the scene that I did was with Rutger Hauer he was just he was this terrorist you know and right I, I think I'm uh, at the counter, I'm selling perfume and he comes up and he sort of like seductively says something rather to me as he's, <laughs> as he's shoving a, um, a package under the counter, which as it turns out is a bomb. Mm -hmm. So I don't think my character lived. But it, <laughs> so you're not coming back for the sequel, you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't think I made it through that. Maybe pieces of me, you know. Okay. <laughs> But that was just sort of to illustrate what a bad guy he was. And um, I remember, you know, I didn't really talk to him because he was just in character the whole time. No. And he scared the crap out of me. <laughs> he was just, he really, it was just like, Oh my God, this guy is so bizarre. <laughs> Rucker I, had I, that way about him too, especially uh, in uh, where, when he was in uh, uh, Blade Runner. And then he did, um, mm -hmm. I think it's called Outworlders and things like that. Mm -hmm. He's, he had that way about him of being kind of a intimidatingly strange person. <laughs> and and like I said, on the set, he stays in character. He's really? Not some, he's not like, you know, flipping back and forth like, hey, how you doing? Like, and then right. evil. He's just like <laughs> evil <laughs> all the time. Um, where's like, my coffee? <laughs> Bring it now. Yeah. Oh my God, he scared the crap out of me, which was um, what he was supposed to do, kind of. I right. mean, as this, I'm supposed to be like trying to serve him, and he's just like giving me the creeps. So, <laughs> no doubt. That, that, that is awesome, actually. That's awesome. Well, yeah. wanna, getting back to um, The Last Starfighter, I don't want to bring too much on The Last Starfighter because I know everybody asks about it. But at the same time, um, do you got one of your, like maybe your favorite scene or, or a funny story? <laughs> and um, would you ever consider doing a sequel to it possibly many, this many years later? Oh, um, yeah. The Last Starfighter in general is just such a great experience. Lance Guest, who plays Alex, is still my really good friend. He lives in, La I live in New York. He lives in Los Angeles. And um, whenever I'm out there, we get together. He always, we joke about how he feeds me because I usually end up going out there um, and, you know, just living a very basic lifestyle. I'm just there to touch just for whatever reason for business. So I'm not like, and trying to keep the, you know, spending to the minimum and all that. So he and his wife will invite me over and feed me this amazing meal with great wine. I'm like, thank oh, yeah. you, thank you, sir. You know? <laughs> thank you, sir. Yeah, thank and you. he's That's in awesome. uh, New York. We also get together a lot too. Um, yeah, so we've stayed really, really good friends, uh, which, you know, I mean, I feel like with The Last Starfighter, it was such a wonderful little movie to work on. And I think you get that sense when you watch it, you can sort of feel that, it was such a great vibe in general, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, Nick Castle, the director, it was, I mean, it was really like this labor of love and he was such a great young person's director. You know, he was very, very sweet and empathetic and just gentle with us. And mm -hmm. um, um, one of my favorite scenes is, is like, when we're at the lake and it's it's the beta unit and he's mm -hmm. trying to whisper sweet nothings in my ear and it's, it's really going badly. <laughs> right, right. And then he gets shot by the Xandozan, is that uh -huh. what they're called? And um the the squirt this thing squirts out, you know, the green <laughs> stuff, which it was so funny. I mean it was that was so much fun to shoot. But the the thing about that whole sequence is it just kind of encompasses everything from like romance to like comedy mm -hmm. to like action like running to the truck and leaping in and driving like crazy and then right. and then i get to leap out of the car dramatically which it wasn't me it was a stunt person and then you know the he drives into the the pod whatever it is 
and mm. it explodes in the background while I'm looking up into the sky. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Alex. Drogan. I love you. And the wind is blowing through my hair. I'm so I, I love that entire sequence. It's see, awesome. see that 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 is hilarious because that's when I when I think of the last Starfighter, I think of maybe two scenes come to mind to begin with. One is that one right there, uh-huh. that whole sequence right there, and two mm-hmm. is when he's when his little brother wakes up and sees that the beta unit has his head off. And he's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. he's cleaning the ear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, that is, go to bed. Go to, go to bed until I'm mom about your playboys. That, that, yeah, is, yeah, a, yeah. that is a thing, too. That something that you said with it being a labor of love. It really shows because um, when I told my stepson, I've got a 20-year-old stepson, and I, oh. when I told him that, I told him I was having Catherine Mary Stewart on. He's like, who is that? I'm like, dude, this is a big deal. And I was like, she was, she's uh, Kayla from Days of Our Lives and, and this and that. And he's like, that sounds cool. I said, dude, it's Maggie from The Last Starfighter. And he goes, what? <laughs> so, Aww, yeah. And he's only 20, 22, you know. And I feel like um, well, cool. my eight-year-old but, hasn't seen it yet, but my eight-year-old could watch it right now. And, and for so, sure. you know, it just, generation after generation can be able to watch your, that that movie. And, and I feel like, um, uh, the night of the comet both are they're they're such a niche and such wonderful productions that for generations to come everyone will still be loving them and, and yeah. having a good time watching so. because well, there's something in it for, for everybody basically there's something for everybody yeah. in it absolutely absolutely and, and so. i think what's great about both of those movies is they're they were both really small movies especially the, the comet but um but it's like they, they're characters that you can relate to on some level. I mean, mm-hmm. Alex is just a regular kid Absolutely. going through this pivotal time in his life. And he he ends up living this fantastical life that we fantasize about, you right. know? And, right. and so it makes it available to especially kids of that age and, and um they they really feel like that's it could be possible and you know Maggie is the girlfriend but she ends up going with him and and right. that's exciting too yeah. and in Night of the Comet it's like yeah these young girls in an apocalypse <laughs> can take care of themselves <laughs> and they're just Why not? regular young kids who are leaving leading this life that so many young people can relate to mm-hmm. so I think that's kind of like the key. You know, it, it's it's not some futuristic uh, thing with these people that, uh, you know, are inaccessible sort of. I mean, you know what I mean? Like superheroes. So, hey, right. wow, it's great to watch superheroes, but I don't see me in that necessarily. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not as available somehow. Mm-hmm. So um, just, a, just a quick follow-up question before we go to Night of the Comet then. Uh, I, I heard someone throw this out there as an idea. They were mm-hmm. talking about taking The Last Starfighter, as uh, Travis mentioned earlier, doing a sequel to it, but doing it as so many years later, where like uh, yourself and Alex at this point in time in your lives now, you probably have kids or something. You're still living on Rylos. You practically have grandkids. You know, I mean, you know, I'm just saying that that's what they're saying. You've you got your own family there on Rylos and what's happening, and now things are coming back around again. Mm-hmm. And now they're having to start up and they're having to protect themselves again. I, do you? Th- I mean, in your opinion, would something like that work, or should we say because the last Starfighter is great just as it is? Mm-hmm. Should we say, "Hey, look, just leave it as it is. Don't let anybody remake it, or Chris will kill them." Yeah. I mean, do, do we do anything <laughs> like that, or should should they make a part two follow up to it years down the road? Well, you know, sequels are so tricky, um, and and so often, I think more often than not, they don't really work mm-hmm. because they lose something of the original. The the mm-hmm. sort of the, especially in the case of the last starfighter there's it's very it's a very simple movie and it's what that's what makes it what it is it makes that's it so great it makes it so great the, the story was good the way they told the story out of the movie mm-hmm. and the way it ended seemed like it was a perfect way to end it because mm-hmm. now he's getting out of the small town place he wanted to be from away from Mm-hmm. Uh, he's getting you know Maggie to go with him. They're going mm-hmm. off together somewhere, and who knows where they're going? Yeah, but they're together, and they've left this small area. Everything is coming true for them. Right, so right, right, right. Perfect right. ending to it. It's kind of the perfect ending, but it, you know, you look at it and you think, oh, what's going to happen next? Right? right. You do. You, they leave it kind of open for a sequel. So the fact is, the original writer Jonathan Bettel has written a sequel. 
mm-hmm. and um, is out kind of selling it right now. Really? Um, yeah. That's and cool. That moving awesome. it around. I know. And what's, what makes me feel like it will stay true to the original kind of feel of the movie is that um, it is the original writer. Right. And I know Nick Castle, the director, is involved on some level. I'm not exactly sure how. And from oh, this what, is exciting. That's know, exciting. From what <laughs> yeah, I mean, we know, it, you know, obviously the special effects would be a little more sophisticated. Right. But from what we know, it is like it, it is like what you're talking about. It, it's kind of the continuation somehow, but it, it's it's an unexpected. It's very unexpected. I, I love the idea. I'm not going to give anything away, but I love right. the approach to it because. It approaches it in a in a, a very sweet, charming way, and and um, and then it kind of evolves into this adventure. The way okay. the, the way and that's the kind of the way that yeah, that's the way the original was, or the, the charm right. and the simplicity, and uh, you exactly. know that's something that we've gotten away from. You know, I I watch movies from the nineties or from the eighties and this, you know the nineties as well, some of the early ones, and it's there's this quality about you know, the early nineties and the eighties and the seventies that we've just, we don't have anymore. And you can mm. take a movie that has just such a simple storyline, a simple plot and mm. not a whole lot of character development. And it's just as good as a four hour movie they make today that, yeah. you know, has all of those things that's overdone. That's yeah. That innocence and sweetness about it. I think. Yeah. I think mm. character development is a huge uh, issue, you know, a huge mm-hmm. point. It's like you really, you, a lot of the movies now really depend on kind of the action and the special effects and the mm-hmm. CGI and all that is that, that just sort of blasting the audience. And I, I've always been somebody who much prefers kind of a character driven story because right. you, you get into their lives and you, you, you become a part of it as opposed to just being blown away all the time. Right. Right. Yeah. I need to know um, why I care about this character. Like why I need to be invested in it. It makes exactly. it more like it makes it more like reading a book in a sense because you get when you read a book about something you get really taken into the world of what exactly. this is about. Then you see it on the big screen. Sometimes it doesn't really translate the same. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it doesn't translate, and it, it doesn't leave anything to the. I mean, you have to have faith in the power of the imagination of the audience. You know, I feel like it's it's also become more of a a, a money making industry. It's always been, you know, of course they want to make money, but now mm-hmm. it's like. All, all the movies you see are are sequels or something or continuations of blockbuster movies. This movie made a billion dollars, so let's do a bunch more of those, you know? Right. As opposed to coming up with original, um, interesting, character-driven stories that entertain a, a, an audience or give an audience a chance to think mm-hmm. or become involved or, yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think a good example of going too far would be like some of the horror movies of the 80s when yeah. you've seen like the Elm Street movies go to like eight, nine, or whatever. And yeah. uh, Friday the 13th, 10, <laughs> Jason's in space. I watched some of those recently because a friend of mine is he's really into all that stuff. So, and I, I've, I've never really been into horror movies that much because mm-hmm. they really scare me. <laughs> I don't want to be scared. I'm always like, okay, what's going to happen now? Huh? <laughs> and I just right. want to relax and enjoy myself. I like romance and I like to laugh and I or comedies and I like to cry. I don't want to be scared. But, right but now. Um, it is funny to watch. I have to say, I pretty much all the time I like the first one the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Absolutely. it's, and then it gets, you know, they try to, it's the like the Friday the 13th movies. They try to, like, I don't know. They try to make it more interesting, or I don't know what they try to do. But anyway, but I, I never figured it out. Um, yeah. And I'm not going to lie. I did like the sixth one. I'm here. I'm, I'm complaining it went too far, but I like the sixth <laughs> one. So. Yeah. But, you know, I but, was writing down which ones I like the best. I forget now, but it was like one I liked because it was just sweet and. You could tell that it was a new idea. Mm-hmm. And then there was like four or five or six or something like that. But then it started getting a little 
crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of comedy too, though, Chris was telling me about one of your movies that I have not seen that now I have to go back and watch when he gave his description of it. And that's mischief. It, I want Chris, I, Chris, I want you to ask this because you described it so perfectly I, to me where I'm I, like, I have to go see this movie now. I told him to me, it was kind of a cross between Porky's and American pie. Yeah, and, but it, but, but it focused hilarious. <laughs> but it focused on the the individual boy, not a group of boys. Yeah. Uh, so you got Doug McKeon, I think his name was. Yes, was, Doug uh, McKeon. Yeah, Doug McKeon uh, played the kind of like you say the key role of it. I believe was it Kelly Preston? Yeah, Kelly, Kelly Preston. Preston. Was in okay, it. Yep. Kelly Preston. I cannot remember the other guy's name to save my life. I never saw him in anything else. Yeah, he he did a couple of things. His name's Chris Nash. Chris Nash, he, yes. He did a couple of things after that, but he just he he was a musician. He was basically uh, like, I, I mean, he's an incredible musician. He has a. I think he's. Last I heard, he was moving to Nashville. Um, he's really truly an incredible musician. Um, you should look him up. Mm -hmm. Well, see that—that uh, that is funny because in the next few months I'll be moving back to Nashville myself. You will. I will actually just outside of Nashville, so that's crazy you say that. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh -huh. I'm not sure exactly if he settled down there, but like Doug McKeon and Chris Nash and I have kept in touch too. And again, well, actually, Doug just moved to North Carolina. Um, oh, that's right above me. I'm in South Carolina. <laughs> are you? Okay, cool. And Chris, where are you right now? Uh, I'm in Florida, in Panama City, at the moment. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, he just moved to North Carolina and Chris moved to Nashville or somewhere around there. Um, but he he uh, he got back into music. Um, he started out as a musician and he was kind of discovered and then and he did this and he was like really cute and Mr. Heartthrob guy. And he just I don't I just don't think he liked the business as as very much, you know. Mm -hmm. He was a musician at heart, so really good guy, though. We're still in touch, too. Okay. Um, it, and I believe he was uh, what playing the role of the cool kid, trying to get Doug McKeon's awkward character out of his awkward stage, I guess, trying to get him with Kelly Preston. He had a, a big crush on Kelly Preston, I think. I believe that uh, Chris Nash's character had a thing for your character. It was what Bunny was the name, I think. I was, me, yeah, Chris and I, who I was Bunny. Mm -hmm. um, yes, it was, it was great. His name was Gene in the movie. And Gene. he was like, we were, we're like living in this little town in Ohio. It, that's, that's sort of the setting. Mm -hmm. And uh, he drives up one day. Well, this moving truck drives up across the street from me. We're in high school, this, the characters. And he he pulls this motorcycle out from the back of this uh, moving truck. And, you know, the leather jacket, the greased hair, it's set in the 50s. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm at the mo at that time, I'm dating this, like the cool rich boy in school. And then uh, Gene comes along and fall in love with him. And, it, you know, it was, the the writer was named Noel Black, and it was kind of um, a bi a biographical. He was basing it on his life as a teenager in the fifties. Um, so it was a very sweet movie. It became, you know, it was interesting because it it was it ended up being like a comedy, kind of like this sort of little sex romp thing. Because Doug McKeon's character, he he's got this crush on the prettiest girl in school, who was Kelly Preston. And he was just a nerdy guy. He befriends Gene and Gene tries to make him cool, you know, so that uh, Kelly will go out with him. And hopefully, it, it, but it became about him losing his virginity to Kelly Preston. <laughs> no. And, you know, Kelly is such a beautiful, voluptuous woman. And, and so they sort of ended up focusing more on that. Whereas the original story was more the Gene and Bunny kind of, Gene is this kid whose father is quite abusive towards him and he ends up leaving home and taking off and I take off after him. Um, and that was kind of the original story, but we shot this film and it was for 20th Century Fox and 20th Century Fox, while it was sort of in post-production, was sold to some other, was some other people took over and they decided to turn it into, they thought it would be more commercial if it became more like a Porky's kind of sex right. kind of a yeah. thing, which was fine. I mean, it's still mm -hmm. a really sweet film. Mm -hmm. And um, 
Yeah, it's it so much fun to play like that period kind of thing too. It, it sounds like that the uh, bunny jean thing that you just described. For some reason, I just had a picture in my head. You could make it look. It, that would be a neat story for those two, and it, it kind of have like an uh, like an outsiders type vibe or something, you know? And that right. Would be a really neat. That would have been a really cool to see as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's still in there, but you mm -hmm. know, they they again they sort of focus more on, you know, the, Doug's character the commercialism of yeah. 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 And that's character is sort of the audience point of view. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? They always right. have a character that's kind of like the everyman. Right. Kind of <laughs> kind of coming from the watching the movie or sort of as mm -hmm. the audience. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but yeah, no, that was a really fun movie. Now, you mentioned earlier as far as the uh, being scared bit, not liking to be scared bit, yet, you know, you did. Night of the Comet and Travis, I can't remember talking. Have you seen Night of the Comet yet? I, I saw it years ago, but I years ago, okay. Yeah, I, I was I'm born gonna, in '80, so the things that I saw from the '80s, right? Like, unless I've rewatched them, they're kind of uh, faded a little bit. And now. sometimes I, mean, I and, and this is my area. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> yes. I was in them, and they've got the same. I always forget our age gap, Travis. I keep forgetting that, but I think I was 11 when it came out, so my mom wasn't about to go let me go watch night of the comments so i didn't get to watch it when it came out unfortunately um, i forgot about the movie and i was i, I did see an interview uh of, or actually you were on somebody's podcast i listened to it maybe last year at work sometime and i i, don't know, I came across it and you were talking about night of the comet i'm like what's this night of the comet and you described it and i'm like how did i never see that because that sounded um, really good so I, I went and searched it out and found it and yeah. watched the movie and i'm like how have i never seen this movie before oh, it, 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 it was it was it was fun I mean, yeah. it only had, a, uh, from looking it up, it had like a $700,000 budget to make yeah. the movie, but it made $14 million, I think $14.4 Yeah. And since then, it's become a, just a, a huge cult classic. Did you ever think that movie, when you were going to make it, it, would be like a cult classic, has such a following that it has today? Oh, for sure not. I mean, but at the time, you know, you, you do a movie and then you're moving on to the next thing. You don't really, I mean... I never thought about what was going to happen in the future with any of these things. And even something like the Apple, I, it was like about 15 years ago, I got this phone call from Entertainment Weekly or something like that. And they said, did you realize that the Apple was like a Colts film, yeah. like Rocky Horror <laughs> Picture Show? Right, and right. I was like, what? what? <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> I hadn't heard about it for years and years. But I think there's a real... Um, I mean, so many movies from the '80s and '90s are 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 being resurrected, you know, and yes. because I think there's a real need for that kind of a movie that seems to be missing in movies today. There so, is. I mean, it's it's incredible. I I just I love it. Are you? It's fantastic. It's but it's it is surprising, but there's got to be a reason for it. And I, you know, there's so many, like I said, so many movies that are, are just being resurrected that, right. that uh, I just did this. Um, a friend of mine did a bunch of really small horror movies back in the eighties and really, really small, low budget things that they're, they're making Blu-rays for. And we, the other day, it's a friend of mine, so I helped them shoot the commentary for it, for the extra part, you know? Um, I've never seen these movies, but hey, you know, go for it. People yeah. love that stuff. Yeah. They, they, they love that. They, they miss, they, they need that. I think, I don't know, who knows what the psychology is behind it, but there's something a lot of to people, be said. A lot of people think if it didn't make theaters, it's not worth watching. That's just not true by any means. I Absolutely. used to I used to watch B movies like they were going out of style. I would yeah. go to the I would go to the local place to rent movies where I lived at as a teenager and you'd get them for two nights at a time. Every other night I'm back at that place, turning them back in, getting something different. Yeah. And uh, granted, most of them were you know martial arts type movies because a lot of B movies were the martial arts fell into the B sector oh. a lot. Nice. Because uh, they didn't make their way to the to the theaters too much, but uh -huh. uh, some of those people that were in them were in theater release movies. Uh, Richard mm -hmm. Norton was one of them, I believe. I think he was Roger in Howard. Roger Howard. Roger Howard, exactly. About He's the B movie king, right? So there's a lot of stuff like that going on. Yeah, um, for and sure. as far as resurrecting the '80s movies, I, I'm all for that. I, I sit here today, and unless it's something that's just Marvel superhero related, or I don't know. Uh, so a lot of these new TV shows we're bringing out on, on the Disney Plus network for Star Wars and things of that nature. I, 
the the younger kid shows back up. I mean, I'll go back and watch all that. But I'm still sitting here putting on weird science, watching the Goonies, watching the Last yeah. Starfighter, watching mm-hmm. all these old ladies fix me. And I was telling Travis this not long ago. I watched War Games and Weird Science back to back nights. Just yeah. because I can't, I can't find nothing on these days that I want to watch. Right, right, right. right. So you know, resurrecting the movies is great as long as they don't change it too much mm-hmm. to be in like today's style. I think because. I really like the style of, of movies that they used to film back then and the stories they brought with it. And uh, I mean, yeah. and a lot of them, what people don't realize too, a lot of them even got lessons in them. You don't pay attention to, you've seen it 10 times. Right. Then, right, then right, you, then right, you right. pick up on it. Oh, Hey, yeah. Yeah. Well, before we get into, before we get, uh, before we leave our, our time, uh, get it back in our time machine and come back to the now to find out what you've got going on right now. Uh, I got one more movie that I want to ask you about. Chris okay. And discussing. How in the world did you keep a straight face and everyone else keep a straight face on the set of Weekend at Bernie's? Because this, as soon as you see the the, the smirk that he's got, it, that oh entire movie from front God. to back is just a riot. Oh, Terry Kaiser! You know you can you can tell a brilliant act he's that he's a brilliant actor if he's entertaining when he's dead, <laughs> right? <But> I mean, <laughs> who who so does weird. that? That, Who can oh do my that? God. He's that, brilliant. I mean, that was amazing. It, right? mm-hmm. It's like all you want to do is look at Bernie because he just looks so <laughs> crazy. And how did we keep a straight face? We didn't. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it was hilarious. We, so he, my, y'all had a lot of retakes then, huh? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, because it was so hard to keep a, a straight face. It was. <laughs> We had so much fun doing that movie. One of my favorite scenes in that movie was when we do the whole lighthouse thing, you know, the uh-huh. romantic climb to the top of the lighthouse. Yeah. <laughs> and the light hits his eyes and he's like, oh, no, stop. And he goes, whoa. And he's like, oh, my God, that was so funny. And I'm just grateful that this, <laughs> that uh, Ted Kotcheff, the director, was like, you know, wanted me to laugh in a lot of it because when we're walking down the stairs after he's fallen, um, he's just improvising. He's just saying, I'm like, are you okay? And he's like, oh, he's going on and on and on. And it was okay for me to laugh. And then as we're walking down the beach, we, I'm laughing hysterically. I mean, it was not hard for me to do there <laughs> because it was so hilarious. Um, there was one scene, actually it was, it was when Terry first had to pretend he was dead. So he, you know how um, the boys, they get there and he's sitting at the desk and he's, mm-hmm. he's dead already, right? They get it and they're like, Bernie, how you doing? We're here. And um, he's, they realize that he's dead, but so they're doing this whole scene and they're trying to figure it out and he's just sitting there and it was really him. Mm-hmm. And after they finished the dialogue, Ted Kotev, the director was, he, he, he was like this. He goes, just keep it rolling, keep it rolling, because because Terry was like, whatever, yes. lying, sitting there, and he had to he had to hold his breath because well, you, got you can, tearing up talking about this. this is you hilarious. can you can see if you you can always tell somebody's dead and then you see them breathing. That doesn't work very well. Right. So he had to hold his breath, and and Ted just kind of sat back and waited. <laughs> <laughs> It, and, and I'm so grateful that I was on the set that day because I got to to watch this as poor Terry. <laughs> he held it for as long as he could, but then he was just like, <laughs> <laughs> and he's back. And he's back. That's and amazing. Back. Yeah. I yeah. guess it's a it's a good question. We it would have been to ask him how did he keep a straight face as Bernie. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, yeah. what a great movie. I remember that was one of the ones when I was coming up, you know, at even me at, at you know, 9, 10, 11 years old during that time. It's the funniest thing I ever saw in my life. You know, <laughs> <laughs> just, right. what, a, what a wonderful one. So, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was it was fun. It's so funny because when I um, when I got that role, I. Uh, First of all, the audition. I auditioned with Jonathan Silverman, who I, you know, ended up playing opposite, obviously. And um, uh, uh, sorry, I lose my train of thought here. Um, so I, I went into to read with them. It was just Jonathan, me, and Ted Kotcheff. 
And I went in and I was so excited about this, reading this, you know, auditioning for this movie. And I completely blew it. I felt like I did. Mm -hmm. I was just, and I left there. I felt, because I went up on some lines and stuff. And mm -hmm. I don't know, I, I, I thought, oh my gosh. And I called my manager and said, please let me go back in. Let me get them to, let me come back in. But as it turns out, they gave me the role. Um, I didn't have to go back. So they liked something about it. Um, but, uh, oh, I remember when I first read the script and that whole thing about this dead body being dragged behind the boat and banging, <laughs> banging into buoys and things like that. I was like, that's not funny. How is that funny? Yeah. Right. Uh, but you know, I knew it was a pretty big budget, budget movie, and I hadn't really done a comedy before, like on that level. And and I, you know, all the people involved were great. So I was like willing to. I knew that I wasn't really involved in those scenes, so I was willing to let that go. But <laughs> of course, that's the most like iconic scene ever. Right. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! I, truly, I was like, this is disgusting. I could do this. We'll I know, see. I know, I know. That's great. It well, we would much. love to find out what you've got going on right now. You know, you mentioned some projects and, and things that you've got going on. I know we're getting close to the end of our time with you today, but uh, yeah, the, the projects that you've got going on now and, and, and things that you're interested in, where we can find you and, and people oh, follow yeah. you and, and things like that. Well, okay, sure. Yes. Well, in terms of following me and stuff, I'm on old person's Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is anybody on there anymore? I have a. a yeah, public I found you, old person, old person, right here. And um, so, yeah, it's all Catherine Mary Stewart. And Instagram, I'm on Instagram as well, and Twitter, um, it's at CMS, my initials, A L L. So CMS A L L. Um, but I guess if you hashtag Catherine Mary Stewart, you'll find me too. Um, and yeah, I've been doing uh, bits and pieces here and there. The last thing I did was a, 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 a movie called Ask Me to Dance with a friend of mine that I've actually worked with quite a bit. He wrote it and directed this one. He's written a bunch of movies, but his name's Tom Malloy. And um, it's it's a really sweet romantic comedy um, uh, that about a couple of people who are really interested in West Coast Swing, it's called, and and uh, they're looking for their their perfect partner. And throughout the movie, they just just miss each other. You know, they never actually meet. And then, you know. So did you you danced in this then? Well, I I I did a little bit of dancing, not very much. Because I, I love to... swing. I, I listen to electro swing now. It's kind of like a mixture of the techno and swing music together. It's weird. Oh, that's but cool. Imelda uh, May is considered tech, uh, a little bit, and Cairo Emerald, yeah. if you listen to them. But uh, yeah, that's so you, you did a, dance yeah, a little bit I, then. I did a little bit of dancing in there, a little West Coast swing in there. Awesome. Um, so that's uh, something that was the last thing I did, I think. Um, um, and that's still in post-production, so... Oh, I've so we can't watch it yet. I was getting can't this. watch it yet. <laughs> but um, Joyce DeWitt is in it, who's okay. just oh. from Three's Company. Remember yeah. Joyce DeWitt? Yeah. Yeah. Company? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. She's just awesome. She's one of the most awesome people I've ever met in my life. So it was really super fun to, to work with her, and we're still in touch, too. That's awesome. And, yeah. Uh, so, it, yeah, they've got, the cast is pretty good, actually. It's a good cast. Um, now, where where will the movie be shown now when it comes out? What's is this that? gonna be is this gonna be an at theater show or a TV movie or? Um, not sure. It depends on who buys it. Okay. So, but I, you know, on Facebook or on, on social, I'll I'll make sure everybody knows what's going yeah. on when okay. I find out. Awesome. And like I was talking about earlier, um, I've been working on a project of my own. I co-write mm -hmm. this script, co-wrote this script um that's very close to me very personal and it's been optioned by a production company in canada i'm canadian originally and right. and you know it, it's alberta alberta that's correct <laughs> edmonton alberta um and so we want to bring the production to canada and you know 
just make it a Canadian thing because you get awesome. lots of tax credits and things like that, right, apparently. Right. <laughs> so we've been working on the promotional materials for that. And in fact, I'm going to be talking to a, we need to get it financed and I'm going to talk to a, a production company that may, that could potentially finance it next week. So that's wow, exciting. Awesome. Yes, that is that's exciting. exciting. We hope the best for you too. We just, we want to, uh, we want to continue you. to see you working and, and see your stuff. I saw something on IMDb, um, mm -hmm. the elevator game, but I can't figure out what's, I can't find it anywhere to watch it. Is no, it that, or, it, or is it, it like a short or a video game or it's, it's not a short, it's a feature film. Uh -huh. Um, it it's uh it's just looking for distribution at the moment. Oh, okay. So, but it's it's a really cool a concept movie about um. It's it, 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 there's sort of this folklore game right. about going getting onto this. I think it's a specific elevator, and if you dial, you know, press buttons mm -hmm. in a certain sequence, something happens. Right. Um, yes, yeah, like um, an urban legend type thing. Because when I got to looking for it, I pulled up all these YouTube videos of people doing it. And I'm like, well, how do I watch the movie then? Because I didn't realize that it was uh, still not in. So that's that's I, exciting, too. So we, you're just busy, yeah. busy, busy. It sounds like a good movie to me. It sounds like a fun movie to watch. Yeah, it, it, It's pretty cool. Um, William Ragsdale's in it. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. He did yeah. some stuff in the 80s and, mm -hmm. and he's terrific. And he and I play husband and wife whose daughter just mysteriously disappears. And wow. uh, yeah, and um, you know, we we are we go through this movie trying to figure out what happened to him or to her. And uh, it's uh yeah. It, it's a cool concept. Yeah, I'm excited for that one too. Eric Roberts is in. Yeah, and it. I love ever. I love Eric love Roberts. He's one of the greatest bad guys from the '80s too. He's oh like, my god! Great. And he, he plays like the weirdest. As you know, he he does that sort of weird, crazy <laughs> character so well. He does. Um. So yeah, he's in it. Uh. Yeah. So I awesome. mean, again, I will be posting stuff whenever it's released. You know, on social. And and people can look me up on imdb.com. Um, that's always good. Uh, yeah. So I, and I I do this thing called Cameo. Have you heard of that? Cameo.com. Yes. Yep. Right. Cameo. So uh, that's really super fun. You you kind of ask me to record something for you, and I do it, and it's, that's that's a lot of fun to do too. Um, we, yes. we might be getting in touch with you on Cameo for Retro Life for You podcast. <laughs> All right. They, 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 they have a lot of stuff going on Cameo. Yeah, a lot of it's stuff. been around, it's been around yeah. for a little while now. I think a couple yeah. of years now they kicked off. It it's has. been mm -hmm. a lot of people on there, uh, people you've been seeing in a good while, people you see every day. Yeah. But it's it, it's a very interesting concept. I, I thought it was okay. re kind of really neat when I first saw it come out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and it's been sort of copycatted in other countries too. Yeah. You know, like I know in the UK they have one now and and uh I think maybe in Canada that are separate. I mean, anyway, yeah, it's great though because you feel like you're you know, you're in touch really on a one-to-one -one level with with uh people who appreciate your work or enjoy right. your work. And that's that's right. great. That's like and a happy that so means so much too, because it's like it's like us being able to do the interview with you today. We're just Chris and I were both, you know, not to fanboy out too bad, but we were just like, oh wow, can you can you believe this? This is so awesome. And Aww. you know, Chris was worried to death, and it's like Aww. I hope, I hope oh, it goes see, through. I hope everything happens. I knew he was gonna call me out on that. I, 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 I got to. I got to. I told him. Well, I told him. See, I, I said, I said, see, I, I did a different podcast before. This was something completely different, and mm -hmm. I had plenty of people come on, and I was used to doing this kind of thing, getting in touch with them, talking with them on the phone setting things up and everything. So that part doesn't bother me. It's the waiting till it gets there. Oh, that, that yes. So when it, when it finally gets there, like we're here at five minutes or two and I'm like, okay, it's going to be here any minute now. <laughs> and then, then I'm like, then I'm like, but if it don't, it's okay. We'll reschedule it. But yes. if it don't, but it's, it's, oh. still, it's like three minutes from now. <laughs> so if he's going to tell on me, I'm going to tell, tell on myself too. I'll do there that. You, you know, I will. Right. Yeah. We, yeah I, right. I own that. <laughs> <laughs> but we thank what you so can you much. do? You got it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Yeah. You yeah, guys. It's, it's, yeah. it's really fun. Taking time out of your day and speaking with us and, exactly. and you know, just 
such an honor to have you on. And and we were just then to find out about the star last starfighter. And just, yeah, we, we appreciate you so much. And, you know, generations, generations love you. So oh, I appreciate about that. that. We've got so interest much. in your projects for sure. You're welcome. And uh, we'll definitely be sure to go ahead and tag you in this whenever it, it, it airs. So, you know, it's coming on and everything. Maybe you can put it out there on your. Oh, um, I will. Absolutely. I'll share. Yeah. Send me the link or whatever. I will. Um, I will. That's, that's, um, uh, that's probably for me being old. Is <laughs> the easiest that they're all tagging and people message me on Instagram and stuff like we're that. Not, I'm like, oh, I not, missed it. What? We're not old. We're vintage. Uh, vintage, exactly. <laughs> we are very, exactly. We're we're very, very well aged, is what we are. We're yeah, yeah we're like a vintage. fine wine. That's right. Exactly. And Travis, <laughs> and, and Travis is my cheese. Oh, that's, that's right. right. He's, he's just a bunch of cheese. All about the cheese, baby. That's right. All right. Well, thank you very much you know, for coming thank on. Dude. Like he said, once again, it was a pleasure talking to you, and we hope you get a lot of great things come to you in the future. Thank um, you. So, that being said, we're going to let you go, let you get back to your daily routine there. Okay. And you have a great night. All right. All right. Yes. You guys too. Thanks a lot. Thank you thank so much. Thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> bye bye. Bye for now. <laughs> okay. Did that just happen? I know, right? Like, that did, didn't it? Yeah, that, did that just happened, okay. bro. Okay. That just happened. So, yes. um, everybody, okay. wow. I don't know how we, we just uh, throw up our social media and gush but for mm-hmm. having Mary Catherine Stewart on, dude. Like, yeah, Catherine Mary Stewart. I can't even say her name right. You see, see, <laughs> Catherine Mary Stewart. see, you're going to show me up and call me out like that, and, and you can't I, even say the lady's name right? I, could, I mean, I couldn't go one episode and get it perfect. I couldn't go. How are we going to go one show and me be perfect? I know. It's okay. That, that don't go right. It's all good. Well, <laughs> all right. So what we want to do here real quick, Travis, is get our, speaking of social media with her earlier, get our social media information out there. So mm-hmm. you guys take just a moment here. We're going to play a quick little clip for you about our social media and how you can reach out to us and follow us. So take a look at this. You know, social media is a very important thing these days. It's the way that you keep up with us and the way that we hear from you. So if you would, take a moment and follow us. We're located at TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram at our name Retro Life for You. That's R E T R O L I F E, the number four Y O U. You can also reach us via email at retroliferyou at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe and follow and share us with your friends. And hey, while you're at it, do us a huge favor and leave us a great five star review and a rating. It helps in ranking the podcast and, most importantly, lets us know how we're doing for you. Oh, my God. What a day. What an episode. This has made my whole weekend. I'm I'm going to fanboy out now that she's not on here. So thank you. And all you said you worked all hard. I told you this morning a little bit before we got on here. You were so tired. It was like, oh man. Oh dude, I just I laid down. Week. I died. I went to sleep and I died. And I he, did. It was a. And here week. you are now bouncing off the walls. Man, y'all, I worked. I, so I worked all week and or all week, and then I worked Friday night. What well, nine o'clock on Friday night? I got called in to come in the, at 6 a.m. the next day, and I did that, and then I came home last night, and I passed out, and I woke up like two hours before the show, and like was, uh, and then as soon as she, as soon as she actually came on, I was like, ah, <laughs> so that's awesome. We want to thank her again for coming on and, and spending her Absolutely. spending her hour of her day with us. Absolutely, sure. that you know a lot of people you know. Don't have to do that, but she did, and we're very grateful of it. It was very and nice. And wow, so. about the script mm-hmm. for the we're not. I'm not going to go hey. into that, but the script for Starfighter. So I, that, you know that that was well worth it to me a, just to a hear that. Bit of a I mean, scoop. I hadn't heard that I, before. I don't know if I call it a scoop because you know scoop, I did but... mention to her that I heard someone talking about the idea of a last Starfighter years right. down the road, a kind of follow up and a sequel. Mm-hmm. So uh, she did kind of reiterate to me that it's kind of along the lines of you know where they pick up now, but she didn't right. want to give away anything or too much, say too much, because she wants it to be you know they want it to be something yeah, for us exactly. to enjoy when we see it, which I understand right. it. That's great. That's I mean, awesome. but just even somebody acknowledging though that in the know that it is being kicked around and talked about, and to know that the original writer is oh, writing wow. the second yeah. one, You're saying so, that a lot of the original people are involved, right? And so you know. Like. You know we're not going to lose much on that because right. we're getting the same writer. May not get the same director, but hey, the same writer is what you want. And did you pick up on this? You may not have. I knew this already though from looking her up and reading about the the Apple and stuff. 
she talked about the Canon group and people like that who were. Yes. Did you pick up on the names Golan Globus? Yes. Okay. I didn't know if you did or not. Because <laughs> what is Golan Globus famous for? Go. Oh, wait a minute. I thought it was about the damn the, the awards or whatever. Oh, Canon. Canon movies and Golan Globus come together. And they're famous in the early 80s for putting out all the ninja movies a lot. A lot of the ninja movies. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not that this tied yeah. not to that ties to this show or anything by any yeah. means. But we're always in the past talking about like in our top tens and stuff. And I'll, I'll throw out like American Ninja or Ninja but Three, the, Golden Ninja Golden Three the Domination. Yeah, exactly. Golden yeah. Globus Productions. Exactly. It's that's them. That's a Minut uh Golan, I think she said. I forget how you pronounce his name. I had to see it on paper to pronounce yeah. it. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, once again, great, great show. I'm excited about it still at no this doubt. point. I'll probably be talking about it all week to everybody I see. Hey, guess what I, I did this weekend? <laughs> Me too, man. So, Me too. Um, <laughs> that's being, awesome. That being said, Fred Travis, we're going to go ahead and wrap this episode yes, sir. up. And, um, and just let y'all know we got more and more coming. We got, oh, we, we got, we got so big much plans more. and we and big hopes and dreams. So y'all keep so, on. Stay tuned, man. So much more coming. And uh, we are working on getting some more people to come in to talk with us as well. Mm-hmm. So if we get something that's going to be a for sure thing, you will be the first to know about it once it happens. Trust me. So, uh, Travis, I will see you in the next episode. And thank you yes, guys sir. for tuning in as always. We hope you will, will like us and share us and tell everybody. I tell mean, everybody. Everybody. Maggie from Starfighter was on. That's right. All right. We're gone.